little strange with you, but I know you'll bear with me. Hallelujah. Well, like Mike have just said, I'm Upton, and uh, with my wife, uh, Sissy, all the way from Zimbabwe. And uh, we are so blessed and privileged to be in Australia, uh, such a beautiful country. And uh, we found it really quite a wonderful time, an awesome time, with Robert and wife uh, taking care of us uh, in their home and uh, introducing us to the senior pastor uh, of this church. And uh, he took me around and we had a wonderful lunch together somewhere in the hills there. Uh, watching a, a golf course. It looked so nice to me, wonderful. You know, sometimes uh, you, you just imagine some people, especially from my country, looking at things like this. They may be tempted to think you guys are already in heaven. You are no longer on earth. So we are so privileged really to witness such kind of things in our lifetime. It's quite an awesome thing. Well, I'm not going to waste your time. We will get into the Word of God. Uh, I'll be talking some few things about the obedience. Uh, and also, at the end of my message, I'll be showing you some few things about the consequences of uh, disobedience. Sometimes we may think we are doing very well, uh, in the word of God, but sometimes uh, we may miss some few things. Um, back home, we have seen a lot of uh, gimmicks taking place in the church of God. People are no longer worshipping God, but they are too materialistic. They are now chasing after uh, quite a number of things which we don't understand why, which I think you Australians are not doing that because you are wonderful people of God. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> uh, okay, I'll be reading from Numbers chapter uh, 33. Numbers chapter 33. And I'll be reading from verse uh, 50. Numbers 33 from verse 50. On the plains of Moab, by the Jordan across the Jericho, the Lord said to Moses, Speak to the Israelites and say to them, When you cross the Jordan into Canaan, Drive out all the inhabitants of the land before you. Destroy all their caved images and their cast idols, and demolish all their high places. Take possession of the land and settle in it. For I have given you the land to possess. Then I also want you to look at verse number 55. But if you do not drive out the inhabitants of the land, those you allow to remain with uh, will be barbs in your eyes and thorns in your sides. They will give you trouble in the land where you will live. 
and when I will do to you, and then I will do to you what I plan to do to them. Now, always when I, I look at the scriptures and find out that whatever was said came from the Lord, it really touches my heart. Because Moses here is saying, uh, the Lord had spoken to him to say these things to the children of Israel. That when they cross over, when they get to the promised land, the first thing they were to do were to drive out the inhabitants of that land. They were to demolish their high places. They were to uh, cast down their caved images or their idols. Uh, this was the first thing they were supposed to do. Then later on, then God says, then you possess the land and inhabit it. God did not say to them, just get there and then feel good and then everything is yours. He says, first of all, drive out every filthy thing before you. Because you cannot live with that. I am a holy God. And if I am a holy God, I must have also holy people behind me. If really we are worshipping a, a holy God, we must also be holy. And then God will be expecting us to drive away every filthy thing before us. But I've wondered so much how many of us are really willing or are realizing or understand what it is all about driving out or away the inhabitants of the land we are about to take over as Christians. Now, I've always believed that Christians are a community in a community. We are in a community, but we also form a community of believers, of a community of children of God, those who have believed God, those who have known God, those who have decided to follow God. So there we are to set a standard. We are to look different from our brothers and sisters who are in another community. But sometimes we haven't realized who we are, and we think maybe we need just to leave some little things like anger, lust, um, this and that. I, 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 I'm a person. I'm still in flesh. I, 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 I haven't got into heaven. I'm still on earth. And then maybe I, I, I cannot really do away with everything. So now God says, if really you want everything to be well with you, drive away all these things, filthy things I've just listed. And then God went, goes on to say, but if you don't drive out the inhabitants of the land, those we, you allow to remain will become barbs in your eyes. They will become thorns in your sides, which means you will not enjoy whatever blessing I give to you. You see, God wants us to enjoy the blessings he blesses us with. As Australians, as families, as a, a, a community, in a country, in a city, God expects us to enjoy life, right? He wants, us to, he wants to see us happy in everything we do. But sometimes there are things which disturb us to, to enjoy those things God has blessed us with. 
And now God sees those things before we even see them. And it warns us. But sometimes we don't understand and don't, we don't take God serious. Folks, I want you to realize that the word of God is final. There is no way in the Bible after God saying something where he came back and say, I was teasing you, I was joking. I, 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 I was just joking. No, don't worry. When God speaks, he is serious. He really means business. But sometimes we don't want to take God's word serious. We seem to be saying, uh, maybe, 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 maybe. So, uh, second part of my message, I just want to show you what really happened after God they said. I think people were saying, Amen. Joshua was there, he was saying, Amen, as Moses was preaching. That saith the Lord, when you get there, demolish all their high places. Uh, drive away all the inhabitants. The church was saying, Amen. We will do that. The Lord has spoken. But let us find out now. In Joshua chapter 11, verse 22, uh, it's so interesting really to realize that sometimes we deliberately uh, choose to disobey God for some unknown reasons. I think it's only Zimbabweans who does that. Australians don't do that. Okay, Joshua chapter 11, verse 22. No Anakites were left in Israelite territory. Only in Gaza, Gath, and Ashdod did any survive. Now, automatically, if you were there listening to God, giving them commandments, God said all. Now, if someone were to ask you a question, how many is all, you were going to say it's all. It's not nearly all. It's not 99%. It's not almost all, but it's all. So the Lord really in everything used all. Destroy all. He drive out all. All is all. But now, automatically here, Joshua was a commander. We are told that he just decided to leave these three cities, with these Anakites in those cities. Well, the Bible doesn't go ahead to tell us why, but which means now this is now Joshua's choice. And maybe he thought they were too small to fear. Maybe they were too small really for him to consider them cities, whatever. But when God instructed George, George Moses, whilst Joshua was there, he said all. All is all people of God. Then now, later on, let, let us find out uh, what really happened now. Let's look at Gaza. Uh, in Judges chapter 16. Judges chapter 16. Now, these are now Joshua's choice cities. Though the Bible doesn't tell us why he left them, but the Bible now tells us that he he left them. He did not destroy them like God had commanded him. Now it is recorded now in chapter 16 of the book of Judges that one day Samson went to Gaza, that very same city, where he saw a prostitute. He went in to spend the night with her. The people of Gaza were told, Samson is here. So they surrounded the place and lay in wait for him all night 
at the city gate. Now, I, I think we know this story. I cannot really get into the detail of the story. But what I want you to realize as we go through the scriptures is that now we have preached and we come up with a lot of sermons about Samson and Delilah. But how many of you have realized that this sin or this problem was planted when Joshua decided to disobey God by leaving Gaza behind when God had commanded him to destroy every city? If Joshua was there now, this day, looking at what's happening, Samson was a Nazarene of God. God had called Samson to take care of the church of God, to take care of the Israelites. He was an important person of that hour. He really had to fight for them. He was there for them every time they were in need. But now, because of this city, Gaza, maybe they started breeding some prostitutes who were specialized really in pulling down the people of God. I, I, I don't know here in Australia. It's so pathetic in Africa how men of God are falling in adultery, how men of God are failing today in women. Uh, it's so embarrassing, so discouraging. Uh, but I have always believed that the church have got a role. The church can stand against such kind of things in the name of Jesus Christ and pray and overcome the enemy. It seems like now there are a lot of Gazas which were left behind. Now, it's a problem of that little Gaza which was left. Now it is becoming a thorn in the flesh. It is becoming thorn to the church. But God had prophesied. God had warned but we did not take God's word serious. We thought maybe we will do it somehow. Maybe there were beautiful girls in Gaza. Maybe, I, I, I don't know, it's me who is trying to create a situation, really, trying to imagine why Joshua decides to disobey God after really saying amen when God was speaking. But then later on he gets to Gaza. Maybe he looked at the good cattle. Maybe they were whatever, really, people like I come from a clan which used to do a lot of fightings uh, from South Africa, Zulu, when they got into Zimbabwe, uh, we understand that every time they attacked some people there, they could spare beautiful ladies. They, they, they could kill men and other things, but not ladies because they wanted to give to their soldiers. Maybe that was the same uh, thing with Joshua. When he got to Gaza, there were beautiful ladies there, which he thought, if we marry these ones, we will, it will be well with us. But he didn't know that in the near future, they were going to be a thorn. Hallelujah. Like God had said that. If you decide to leave some behind, they will be a thorn. They will be bubs in your eyes. And now, as much as we can really see the scene between uh, Samson and Delilah, is as much as we may say that Joshua planted this situation and caused this downfall to the children of Israel. If you can just imagine Samson with gorged eyes, Samson that cut his hair, shaved his hair, is no longer powerful as he used to be, he is now useless, and now the children of Israel are in that threat and in that situation. How many times have we found ourselves as Christians in a situation which we cannot really attempt to, 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 to stand up for? Uh, many, many times it's like uh, there is so much panic around the world about the goings on, the things happening. 
But let me tell you, the anointed church, we have got such an anointing, powerful anointing, which can break the yoke. We are the children of God. We are the children of the day. We are the children of power. For all who received him, they were given power to become children of God. That power which were given to us, we can say no to other situations. We are not just here to look at the situation hopelessly, but we are there to challenge whatever situations comes before us as a church of God. Now, secondly, we want to look at uh, Gath. There are a number of things really which happened here, but we just want to concentrate on some few. We want to look at Gath. Now, First Samuel chapter 17. I won't read uh, everything, but I'll just go directly to the verse. And verse number 4. 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse number 4. A champion named Goliath, who was from Gath, came out of the Philistine camp. He was over nine feet tall. He had a bronze helmet of his head and wore a coat of of scar okay now I, I i think we know the story we know how he looked like how gigantic he is but now all i want you to realize here the bible wants us to know that he came from gath and now if you go back to uh, joshua chapter 11 you realize that it was gaza it was gath and it was ashdod now here again israelites are just locked into tents and uh, it is like that day there was nobody called man. Because every time Goliath was looking for a man to come out and fight with him, I, I, I believe all the men in Israel became women. Because if there was ever a man left, Goliath was inviting men to come out. But now everybody became women and uh, there wasn't any man. There, there, there are situations like that today. I, 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 one time we were looking in a television some bushfires here in Australia, and uh, thank God we also prayed with you guys, even if you didn't know that, because it was terrifying just looking at the television screen, that fire, and uh, you couldn't know really, and we understood that uh, they were houses, and uh, even the firefighters, and it was so threatening. But how many of you really know that such kind of situation, the church can stand against such. We are not just there to, 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 to stand fearful. It, it, it look at this giant just coming. Like now we're getting into winter. We are all shivering now. What's going to happen? Where is it going to start? But now, how many of you know that we can say, in the name of Jesus Christ, we can stop those fires? We can say no. We can stop those, uh, uh, what do you call the floods? We have seen a lot of floods. We have seen really a lot of oceans coming up, uh, some tsunamis taking place around the world. The, globally, there are so much threats. There are so much giants standing in front of humanity. There are a lot of really deaths taking place. Those are giants standing. Those are little gaths uh, which, which remained when Joshua was commanded. But now, as a church, we need to stand firm in Jesus' name, and say no to such kind of situations. It's said that the church now is just watching. The church is terrified. The church now is like these Israelites. 
But with the Spirit of God, guess what? When David came, anointed, and looked at this giant, the Bible says every day he could come out cursing Israel, cursing their God, and nobody could answer to that. They were shivering in their tents. No men, they were all women. They were all children. And Goliath could come out. But when David, filled with the Spirit of God, came there and saw this giant, guess what? When he looked at him, while his other people were saying he's too big to fight, but Goliath says he's too big to miss. Even if one time I missed a bet, but I cannot miss this big thing, I'll get him. That is only the anointing power. That is only the presence of God in one's life where really you can challenge such kind of times when they come, when they arise. We are hearing of different kind of cancers today and it's so terrifying. If you really read and try to find out what is it, how does it start, who has that cancer? Maybe I've got cancer already. It's just a matter of time for it to be discovered and I'm terrified. But how many of you know that in, if we obey God, if we can take the word of God serious, if we can take Jesus serious in our midst, how many of you know that we are such powerful people that we can say no to this cancer in Jesus' name? Yes, we can. There is only one word which Obama, the president of the United States, discovered in the Bible, which Joshua said when he came from the spying the land. And this led Obama to win the elections. This is, was just the word, yes, we can. Because when Caleb, uh, other folks were saying, hey, we are just but grasshoppers. There are giants there. We cannot really attempt going to possess the land. But now Joshua said, with the help of the Lord, we can. And Obama saw that verse and used it. Today is the president. But I've, saw, I've wondered, Christians who, whose eyes are always in the Bible, they have never seen that verse. They are shivering in front of cancers. They are shivering in front of Goliaths. They are shivering. But however, what I want you to realize, people, when we disobey God, we suffer the consequences. As Christians today, we must leave behind that legacy. We must leave something good for our children. We mustn't leave, in, leave, leave problems for them to suffer. But we must leave good things. Should Joshua have listened to God, he should have destroyed Gaza. We were not going to have this record of Samson and Delilah. If he had destroyed Gath, we were not going to have this record of Goliath cursing the armies of Israel, cursing even their God. Let's go on. Uh, let's look at Gath, uh, Ashdod. First Samuel chapter 5. It's so interesting. The Bible really brings life. Sometimes you may think you read the Bible and understand it, but you'll keep on going back to the portions you read, but just discovering some new things every day. Now, after the, that's chapter 5, First Samuel chapter 5 from verse number 1. After the Philistines had captured the ark of God, they took it from Ebenezer to Ashdod. Then they carried the ark into Dagon's temple, 
and set it to beside Dagon. Now, this was a mockery. You know what, people? One of the threats we are facing now is religion. I don't know, maybe in Australia I don't have that problem. But in Africa, if we, were to, 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 if we cannot work very hard, religion is a threat. Because it's not only about worship, it's also about violence. It's also about killings. It's also about stopping the true church of God. It's also trying to stop those who believe that Jesus Christ is the Lord. Now look at this mockery here, which means people of Ashdod, they wished somehow, somewhere, if one day the God of Israel comes and bow to our God, Dagon, if we can go and carry that Ark of the Covenant and bring it in the temple of Dagon so that the God of Israel bows down to our God, Dagon, we will feel good, we will feel great. That was a mockery. In Africa right now, in Zimbabwe, we have got these churches which we do not understand. Basically, a church is there to deal with the word, to deal with the sinners, to preach Jesus Christ, to lead people to accept Jesus Christ as their personal and savior. But we have got churches who are no longer in that business. They want to bring people together and now talk maybe about saying they come up with little flags, they put their logos there and the name of their church, maybe the pictures of the leader of that church, and say, if you buy this flag and keep it in your home, you will have a car. Because in Africa, people are very poor. Just take, for instance, maybe in my church in Gweru, you will find maybe about 300 people in a building, but there will be three cars outside, which means out of 300, there are three people who are driving. Now, if somebody comes there and talks about having cars, it really draws people and people now. You see how the devil is trying to draw people's attention away from God. We don't worship cars. We don't worship buildings, houses, whatever. But we worship the almighty God. The message is about Christ. And Christ only, nothing more, nothing less. If ever somebody comes with anything more than Christ or less than Christ, that's a cult. I no longer take it. But we've got people now, they're not worried about sinners, but they're worried about Christians in churches, trying to promise them, if you do this, you will have this. If you do this, you will have this. And many people are, are led astray through this kind of worship, these gimmicks which are taking place. We call them gimmicks now because I don't believe it's God doing those things, but these are people. So people, if we are not careful, one of the threats we are faced with is religion. If we are not careful, if we cannot maintain, just look at this situation here. This is Gaff. They started building a big temple. And in that temple they did put their God, Dagon. And now instead of really concentrating in worshiping Dagon, they started dreaming of taking the Israelite God and putting him in the temple of Dagon. You can see there's something wrong here. Because they have got their God, they have got their temple. Why then should you go to another nation to take their God and bring them in your temple? This was a mockery. You can see how the devil 
tries really to pull down us, to pull down our faith and try really to make us nothing. But how many of you realize that we are an anointed church? I want to challenge you people of God. These are things we may think they are too little to look at. They are too little to notice. We, 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 we are living with little cities, with little habits, little hobbies, little addictions. But one day they will be Goliaths. One day they will be Ashdod's. One day they will be Gazas. We will be hearing about Samson's in Gaza. We will be hearing about Goliath from Gath. We will be hearing about the presence of God taken into the presence of Dagon. How embarrassing it is. After really calling it from Ebenezer, God has taken us this far to the house of Dagon, to the temple of Dagon, reduced to nothing, reduced to dust. We cannot allow that situation. We are not supposed to sit back as a church of God. I want to challenge you people of God as I stand before you this day. I want you to realize that you are a church of God. You are that. Sometimes we have got a problem of thinking like it will come from another church. We are minor. Oh, there is another big street, a church over that street. Maybe, what is it, Champion Lake Christian Church. But we are too small to, to be used by God. Maybe God, it will come from that church. But let me tell you, you are the right people. You are the right church. You are at the right place. Hallelujah. We really need to challenge these things. How many of you can agree with me? We need to challenge these giants. We need to go back and destroy these cities, which Joshua did not destroy. Now, we are no longer talking about cities. We need to carefully observe the word of God. We need really to understand, study the word of God. We need not just to go about the minds of people, but we need really to carefully examine what the word of God says. Obey the word of God. Keep up with the word of God. And God will anoint us. We will be such a powerful church which can say, in Jesus' name, you bush fires, stop, and these fires will listen to us. In the name of Jesus, whoever has got cancer in this house, I command it and reverse it right now in Jesus' name. And if I am a man of God, it must listen to me. But if I am unholy, if something wrong with me, though you have never, it's your first time to meet with me, but one thing you will realize, why is it if he's a man of God, he calls upon his God and his God doesn't hear him? But the reason why you should believe in me is that when I call upon the name of God, God listens to me. Why? Because I am a righteous man before the Lord. I observed the commandments of God. I observed. I took serious the word of God. Let us learn, folks, to take God serious. My brothers and sisters, this is the challenge I want to live with you in this church. As we continue, as we grow, let us grow in the wisdom of the word of God. And it will be well with us. It will be well with our marriages. It will be well with our children. We can see today the threats coming from our parliament. The laws they are passing. We can see even the language used in our schools. Long back, though they called that it was a, a colony, but in those days we used to see prayer times in our schools. 
we couldn't start classes before really somebody could pray. Every time our classes were beginning by prayer. But come that time when we thought now we were independent, we had everything. We started really throwing away all those things. And now we were now talking about the blood of uh, the comrades, the blood of the, 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 the liberators and so on now. Now no more blood of Jesus but the blood of comrades. May God help us. Help us. You can talk about your history. It's fine. You can talk about where you came from. You can talk about how educated you are. You can talk about how much you have. But at the same time, talk about the presence of God in your life. Shall I pray? Father God, in the name of Jesus Christ, I pray right now, Father, as we are standing, Father, looking at these challenges, Father, which are challenging us, these giants, Father, standing before us, this situation, these little cities which were left by our forefathers, which are becoming a problem for us today, Father, to see you, to understand your word. I pray against them right now in the name of Jesus Christ. I pray a blessing upon this church. I pray a blessing over these, your people. I pray prosperity upon your people. I pray, Father, that they may overcome whatever situation, whatever threat stands this day before them. In Jesus' name, Father, you are mighty. Father, you are able. Father, you can do it. You have done it, Father, for other nations. You can do it, Father, for this nation. We have done it, Father, for other people. Father, you can do it for these, your people. In Jesus' name, I pray right now, forever and ever. Amen. May God bless you. Over to you. Thank you, Mark. Pastor, uh, that was a great word. Uh, um, Taya, you're here, aren't you? Taya, just come tell us about your fire experience. <laughs>